Episode 44 of the Photon Podcast. This time we're going to talk about all things traveling with your ham radio gear. Also some tips if you live in an apartment. And of course the giveaway announcements coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Found online at photimepodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Yeah, welcome into episode number 44 of the Photon Podcast. Please excuse the voice. It's been quite a uh, quite a rough time to get this thing to even work this time through, but we appreciate you being here. My name's Kale. My call is Kilo for Charlie Delta November. Suffering through the wintertime crunch, grunge, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's been wintertime here in the upstate of South Carolina, as has it been up through the most part of the eastern seaboard. So we appreciate you tuning in this time through. This is the Photon Podcast. It's the podcast for you, the new guy, the folks who've been around a while. Either way, if you're enjoying the amateur radio hobby, look at enhance your experience in the hobby. That's exactly what this podcast has been created for. And we appreciate you tuning in. You can find us online at photonpodcast.com. That's F-O-T-I-M-E podcast.com. Find all the show notes, show sponsors, and etc. there on the site. From day one, we've been sponsored by our friends at Maine Trading Company, Richard and Christine Lenore, along with Danielle and Tammy, doing a fine job down there in Paris, Texas. And if you're interested and looking for some ICOM gear, make sure you check out their website, mtcradio.com. You need ICOM gear, whether it's a handy talkie, full-blown HF rig or something in the middle. Maybe you just need an accessory. Call them. Log into their website. Let them know you heard about them here on the Photon Podcast. It's mtcradio.com. For all of your ICOM needs, check them out today. Yeah, we are here today with uh, John Pugliano. And I believe I just said it right, John. Welcome to the Photon Podcast. Your call, John, is November 7, Papa Uniform Golf. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your amateur radio hobby. Hey, Kale. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, um, I've been a ham for uh, probably a little more than five years now, close to six years. And um, I'm in my 50s, so it, it took me a while to, to get to the hobby. Like many people, uh, and like you, uh, when I was younger, I had you know, walkie-talkies, handy-talkies, CB radio kind of things. Um, I was a kid back in the in the 70s when all that craze was going on. And um, I just really was always fascinated with radio, the whole concept of radio and trying to build little Heath kit projects and learning how to solder. But uh, I never knew anybody that was a ham. Well, I guess I did. Actually, I met, I'm thinking about this, in, in my whole, you know, probably till I was in my 20s, I actually only remember meeting one ham, and it was a, 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 a teacher at uh, my junior high one time. I remember he had, a, he had a radio in his car, and he was showing us how he could link up to repeaters. And this is back in the, you know, probably early 70s. So that was the closest I'd ever come to it. I'd seen people with big antennas on their houses and figured they were ham radio operators, but, it, you know, didn't know anybody, didn't know how to get in the hobby or to get an Elmer or, you know, in those days you had to learn code, and you could only take your test when the FCC came around, you had to you know go to a big city where they had the testing, and maybe once a month or once every quarter, someone from the FCC would come in to test. And um, so I just never got around to it. I, it's something I always wanted to do. I went in the military out of high school and originally thought I was going to be a radio operator in the Marine Corps. That's the way I thought it was going to work out. <laughs> but you know the, the Marine Corps kind of picks and chooses what you do. 
and I ended up being in uh, in aviation, which worked out okay too. I was in the mechanic, uh, hydraulics mechanic in aviation, so that worked out. But I was really, I, I, I have always been interested in radio. Anyways, it took me till, you know, I was forty. Eight forty-nine years old, though, before I finally found out that you didn't have to have code anymore, and that that was my first introduction, you know, to getting into it. And then, of course, things like your podcast and the internet and YouTube and all the things that we didn't used to have, uh, which people it's funny they think that ham radio is obsolete, and the internet's only made it better because yeah. it's showed all of us how to get into the hobby and and all the interesting things we can do in the hobby. Absolutely, it, it continues to grow, and it does not surprise me. Um, there, there are so many different facets of folks uh, from so many different walks of life and, and folks who have such differing reason, reasons for coming into the hobby, uh, but we welcome them all. And again, we welcome you to the podcast. Now, guys, you may not know this, but John is also a podcaster. So before we get talking about the topic here, John, give us a little taste of what you podcast about uh, and, and you go ahead and drop your, your URL in there. If folks are interested in listening, uh, it's a, it's a great show. I've listened a couple of times, really enjoy it. I'm into that kind of thing. Although I don't have anything to do any of it with, I enjoy listening to someone with the experience, talk about it. So let us know what you're podcasting about, John. Sure. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, so my podcast is called the wealth setting podcast. Uh, wealth setting is in homesteading. It's about wealth setting, building your wealth. I'm a, I, I have my own investment firm. I'm independent investment advisor. And, um, this actually leads into the hobby too, because part of the reason I I would have never thought I would do a podcast, but when I decided to go down that road, because I was a ham radio operator and I was used to you know using microphones and computers and and things like that, it made it so much easier to start my own podcast and and that's no different from many people that I've met in in ham radio that you know they're electrical engineers or broadcast engineers or or whatever because of their interest in ham radio it led them into a, a fulfilling career so uh, anyways i i i uh, i podcast about um market conditions market stock market commentary a lot of it's a trading journal whenever i'm trading i tell people what i'm doing uh i give basic tips for how to uh how to invest money and a little less on the investment side just more on general wealth building principles um, spent been a fun thing. Been doing it for I don't know, a year and a half now, I guess. Fantastic! Well, it's a great show. I enjoy it, and, and you know, uh, there's there's new podcasters every day on every topic, and of course, that's a whole other show we could do right there. But it's always interesting and fun to see folks from our end of the hobby get in. Uh, Curtis, uh, one of our listeners from Texas, just has recently started his new podcast, Everything Ham Radio. And we'll, we'll link to that as well. But, John, we wanted to get together today to talk about um, kind of, I guess, your past life, for lack of a better term, or where you still find yourself sometimes when you're out away from home traveling and integrating the hobby into your travels. So tell us a little bit about how you handle that type of situation. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll kind of frame this too in terms of uh, why I think this is a, a good topic for, for your podcast is, you know, I hear people all the time talking about uh, they're, they're, uh, they're doing summits on the air or they're, you know, going to activate some lighthouse or some state park or they're going backpacking and, and all these things that they're doing, well, you know, on Saturday afternoon or, or, you know, Sunday morning or something. And uh, I rarely find people that tell me that they're they're taking their ham radio on a business trip with them, you know, kind of like you know, a- activating their business trip. And I'm like, well, right. we should do that because many of us are traveling through the week at, at least 
you know, one day a week or uh, find yourself far from home uh, more often than not. And, um, and if, you know, this is a great time to, to take your hobby with you because, uh, you know, if you're like me and I, I, Cal, I know you're like me, I've got six kids. I think you have what, four or five. I've got five. Yeah. Five, five kids. And Oh, by the way, I only have one left at home. Only one is in high school. The rest of them are all grown. So it does get better. Uh, you, <laughs> there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but you know, when you're at home, you got kids around and family obligations and, and just, it, it's hard to work in ham radio sometimes when you're out on the road. You know, I found myself, I, um, I generally don't frequent the bars and the pool halls, so you know in the in the evenings I might not have anything to do when I'm out of town after I you know accomplish whatever I'm I'm doing at work, and so um, in the evening is a great time to bring your hobby with you and do some QRP or you know backpacking with your ham radio whatever you want to do it's it's a great thing to bring on a business trip and it's a lot better than expensive beer and stale peanuts. Absolutely. Keep, keeps you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. I've been there years ago and uh, did some traveling, and that was what got old the most was the, the hotel bar when you were stuck there. Now, not, every, not everybody that travels has to go and stay in a hotel all the time. I mean, they can get out and, and, and move around. They may have a rental car. They may be out um, in, a, in a suburban-type area instead of a real heavy urban environment. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what we can expect if we're going to be traveling with our gear, uh, whether it's through the TSA or we're just renting a car and driving. What have, some, what have been some of the experiences that you've had? Yeah, that, that logistics really you know, vary depending upon how you're going to do it. If you're going to fly, there are some TSA concerns. I, um, I have not had any. I heard a lot of horror stories, and I actually didn't. I can't remember ever having any problems of bringing my equipment along with me. Generally, the rule is, um, and this is my understanding of it, and things could have changed, I'm not sure, but I think you can generally have a tool with you that's no longer than seven inches, you know, as long as it's not sharp. So you can't have razor blades, knives, everybody knows that. But, um, you know, you can still bring uh, general tool-type things that you might need for ham radio, um, as as well as the wire and the different things. So, I mean, over the years, I've I've brought some crazy things just in my carry-on bags that that no one's i guess they questioned it but the great part about ham radio is um you know it's still it's kind of the original social media and even people that have never done it they they know about it and so when you say oh that's you know that yeah i know that looks like a 18 inch billy club but it's actually my telescopic antenna for my ham radio and they look at you like (laughs) what are you talking about you you know you take this thing and pull it out it's 16 feet long um uh, I've been able to get that on an airplane from time to time. So, you know, you're obviously best off putting uh, any, anything that you may think that TSA is going to take away from you in your in bags that you check. I always carry my radios. Obviously, I don't ever check those. I have a, a Yaesu 857 that's uh, a mobile rig, and then also the Yaesu 817, which is the, um, the, the their little portable version that has its own. It's basically the same thing as the eight. 57, but um, lower wattage, it's QRP, it only goes up to about 5 watts, and it has a self-contained battery. So, uh, you know, I would throw those in my carry-on bag, um, and then and then anything else I thought I could get away with, uh, you know, from, from, you know, duct tape to wire to small antenna tuners, all those kind of things, I've been able to get through TSA. So, as long as you watch out for anything over 7 inches, and you can usually slide with that, 
Um, and not as long as it's not sharp, I haven't had any problems. And then, you know, the big question too is, are you, are you, are you getting a rental car on the other end that comes to deal with power? Uh, that's, that's the big thing. And the reason I use switch between those two radios, if I was going to have a rental car, I'd usually bring my 857 because, uh, I could use the, I wouldn't use it as a mobile operation, but I could use the battery in the rental car to, uh, you know, for portable power operation. If I wasn't going to have a rental car, I'd bring the 817. Got you. I got you. So um, you don't have uh, special Pelican type cases. You're putting them. You're packing them in your carry-ons when you go uh, to protect them there, and to make sure that folks that like me that used to work in the belly of the jet uh, don't toss them around for you while you're packing. Yeah. So so anything I'm putting in in the belly of the jet in in um, you know actual check baggage is something I don't care if it gets broken about. So you know a, a telescopic antenna or, or something that's pretty durable. But um, if, if it's my radio, I'm hand carrying that in my backpack or briefcase or whatever I have. When I first did it, I was a little paranoid. I'd wrap things up and, uh, you know, I did have a Pelican case or put things in foam. As I started doing it over the years, I found out, you know, this equipment's really durable. And um, I, I just throw it in there next to my laptop. The, the, those radios are small, plenty of room. And I just hand carry the radio right on the plane. Do you uh, do you go to the gate with your etched name tag so folks know that you're an amateur operator, or, or <laughs> no, maybe no, a, a ball no. hat like a trucker hat with your call or anything on it? Yeah, I wear I wear the um, I wear the t-shirts from the la- from the last uh, uh, from the last uh, ham. Uh, what's it called? A ham? Uh, oh, the hamvention in Dayton. Hamvention, you- yeah. Where 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 my where my Dayton hamvention t-shirt? Yeah. Now you know I just go like a like a regular guy and. Um, you know, you go through TSA and they find this big spool of wire in your bag or something like that, uh, or or you know why you have duct tape or, or electrical tape. And again, you pull out the radio. They they usually, hey, sir, will you step aside? Yeah. You walk over with them. They take your stuff out. They wipe it down to make sure there's no explosives. And then you explain to them, oh, you know, hey, I'm um, a ham radio operator. Blah blah. And and people are really friendly. You know, even with as as we start talking about operating. In, at, near a hotel or, or wherever you're on business, you know, you're going to run into security guards, police officers, because they're going to wonder, like, why is this guy in the middle of the parking lot at night, you know, with this wire? Or why is he on the roof of the hotel? I mean, how do, yeah. uh, you know, why, you know, obviously places you can get access to, but why is this guy here with this little equipment? And you meet the nicest people. I, I always kind of joke about it and say, you know, even if you don't make a, a QSO on the radio, you're bound to meet a very nice security guard or police officer. Yeah. And, uh, and generally, again, they're very, many of them are ham radio operators, but a lot of them are just like, like we used to be, Hey, I always wanted to be a ham radio operator. How yeah. do you, how, how do you get into the hobby? That's cool. That's cool. Hey, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We're with uh, John Pugliano, uh, November 7 PUG. And we're talking about traveling with ham radio right here on the Photime podcast. Okay, going to uh, start with the giveaways here real quick. George is first because G comes before J. Jeremy will be up with us here in a few minutes. George uh, provides these kits from his company, CR Radio Systems. Thank you so much, George, not only for just giving into the Photon Podcast and the audience, but giving these on behalf of your company and yourself. We appreciate it. Uh, first off, Dave Gruder, David Gruder, Kilo Kilo 6 Uniform Lima X-Ray. Dave is looking for a project for him and his son together to work on. And they will be getting a PIC development board and project boards, number 430 and 415 from CR Radio Systems and Ham Stack. 
Jason Stedman Alpha Kilo Zero Whiskey is looking to build a cure, and he'll be getting a Hamstack Development Kit number 410, and that includes a complete open-source cure project written in C. Uh, let's see. Up next, Jim Powitz. Whiskey 7 Zulu November Delta. Jim wants to build a cure. He will get a Hamstack Development Kit number 410, and that includes a complete open-source cure project written in C. Uh, I've got to say, Jim, you have a really, really nice mustache there. Uh, Jason Tower is a fairly new ham, and his call is Kilo Golf 7 Zulu Mike Romeo. He wants to build a CW trainer. He will get a Hamstack number 430 development board, and there is an open source CW keyboard program written in BASIC available that works with that. Congratulations to you guys, and we'll be back with more giveaways in a bit. Thank you, George. Com Systems, not a new company, but a new name for the amateur to remember, especially if you're interested in 220 megahertz gear. Repeaters, repeater controllers, DMR, LMR, all sorts of gear, along with their 220 megahertz amateur radio gear designed specifically for you and for me, the amateur radio operator. And you can find them at bridgecomsystems.com. We are back with John, November 7, P-U-G, Papa Uniform Golf. And John, we've been talking about traveling with our amateur radio gear. Now, I don't do a lot of traveling at all, and and that's okay. I'm just, I guess I'm a homeboy. But uh, you've traveled, and you've taken your gear with you, and you've set up and operated. Uh, We've talked a little bit about the the rigs that you take along with you, but what are some other equipment uh, along with your rigs that you like to make sure you have with you when you're headed out of town? Sure. And one thing I'll say, too, is that uh, up till this point, I've only done phone operation. So I'm, I'm doing single sideband. Mm-hmm. If, if I were doing um, CW, which I'm tr- trying to learn now, I'm actually taking some classes through the CW Academy and trying to learn uh, Morse code. Um, you know, had I done that, it would be even simpler because I think you can bring a lot less equipment. But, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're doing single sideband, you want to get as much power as you can. So... Um, that that makes things a little more complicated, but you know, over four or so years of bringing my radio on the road, I tried a lot of different things, and it, it always comes down to the bottom line: you need you need the transmitter, some kind of rig, you need an antenna tuner and a wire, and you can you can get by with pretty much those three things. If you have some way to tune a wire, you can you you're in business. So you know that's the minimum you need. But over the years, I, I tried a lot of different things, um, and as far as different types of wires. Um, and my overall philosophy on, on everything with ham radio is don't get too caught up in, in the theory on things. You know, people, I see people go into forums and they'll say, well, can you do this? And then 70 people will reply back and probably 65 of those people never tried what they're saying can't be done. You know, just have fun. Go out, take a wire out there with you and see if it works. And if it doesn't, you know, what'd you lose? 30 minutes of time fooling around with it. Um, but, you know, I've, I've just taken basic wires. I ended up concentrating on the really the, the thinnest, uh, you know, insulated wire I could take. That way I could take long lengths of it and it would be insulated. So I, I would have to worry about less, you know, electrical contact type issues. And, you know, with a thin wire, my band, my, 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 um, um, you know, my, my uh, 
I'm not going to get a lot of broadband capacity out of it if it's a real thin wire, but that but that's okay because I'm I'm just out there to have some fun. I'm not trying to do any contesting, just trying to see what I can hear and make some QSOs. So a, a real thin small wire, and even from a structural standpoint, and, you know, again, people get all wrapped up in things. I'm using this antenna for maybe 30 minutes to two hours some evening while I'm killing time on a business trip. You know, I don't the, the antenna doesn't have to last through a hurricane, so. Just whatever you can get by with, start with that, bring it along. Um, the antenna is always the most important part, and it's the thing that's going to get compromised the most. And, and I found over the years you, you can use different things. I really, really ended up loving the little MFJ. It's called a 902B. It's their little travel antenna tuner. And um, it's, uh, it's a great little unit. It's probably only, I don't know, three or four inches wide by a couple inches deep and a, and a couple inches tall. So again, it's something you can easily throw into your carry-on bag. It, uh, you, can, you can hook a, an NFEN wire to it or balance line. There's just a lot of different things you can do with it. Very, very simple and durable. You know, Again, I've, I've thrown mine in my bag for four years and taken it with me and never had any problem with it. And that thing can tune up just about any, anything I wanted to any wire wanted to tune up. Uh, one, one thing I'll step back to, the other reason I like those Yesu radios I mentioned is they have built-in SWR meters on them. I don't, I don't think all radios do, but th- those two do. And the great thing about if you have in a, a, the built-in, radio, a built-in SWR meter and you have a little tuner, <clears throat> you can just tune up any, any antenna or any wire right there. You don't need an extra any extra meters or anything. It's just very simple. You, you know if you're in the ballpark of, you know, you got low SWR, and if you have, if you have low noise quality, you start listening to things, and, and you just try and make a contact. You know, it's really that simple. So that little MFJ travel tuner is, I, I highly recommend that. Uh, something similar, it could be used similarly to that, is there's a, a thing called a super antenna. I think it's an MP1. And um, it's, so, it's like a little, ma- have you ever seen one of those, Kale? It's a little manual uh, screwdriver antenna. I, I, I'm wanting to say that I have. I think we might have even talked about one of those way back in one of the early shows, but I'm I'm just not familiar right off the bat with that. Well, those are really great. I mean, the the uh, when it's folded up, it, it comes with a little telescopic antenna that's kind of junky. But the, the the good part about it is the coil, and it's just like a screwdriver, so you can manually set that thing. I think every I think it covers everything from either eighty or forty meters, you know, up to. Uh, up to six meters so you can just manually move that coil up and down and it extends from maybe eight inches when it's fully closed to to you know 15 16 inches when it's extended but the great thing about that is you can use it as just the antenna itself if you're uh, if, if you if you use that with a uh, you know a telescopic antenna or some kind of a whip antenna like you normally would use a screwdriver antenna you can use it that way or you can use that coil just as a tuner. I've I've taken that and hooked it up to, you know, the the uh, an NFED um, wire, uh, just a standard NFED wire, or even a trying to construct a uh, an off center dipole. And I've used that coil to uh, to try and tune the antenna. And again, with the SWR meter built right into my radios, it, it works great. It's um, I think that's a really efficient way to do it. And, you know, again, these are things that you're not going to, uh, you're not going to win any contests with it. You're maybe not going to break through pileups. But if you're spending some Wednesday evening somewhere out of town, 
you do that, and and you'll be surprised. On uh, you know, on five watts, I've made uh, uh, single sideband voice contacts. You know, pretty much throughout the U.S. and uh, and uh, occasionally, not not often, but occasionally, I'd even I've even gotten some some DX outside the U.S. on five watts. If you if you are able to have a rental car or you're driving your own car where you can you know, where you can bring a rig like a, an 857 that has 100 watts. I've, I've talked, you know, all around the world on that radio, on business trips, just operating from, a, you know, a rental car in a parking lot or, or, or somewhere uh, on, on a simple wire, nothing fancy, and not even a wire. I've, uh, I've used some of these things, again, with that antenna tuner or the, the coil from the super antenna. Um, I've used those to, to load up various things I'm, you know, improvise, improvise while I'm along the road, I might find a, uh, a guy wire, uh, a big old cable guy wire that's, that's, uh, you know, holding up some pole or something and tap into that. And it sounds crazy, but I've made contacts off of those things. Uh, I've, I've been, um, on, on the rooftops of some hotels where they have access sometimes, you know, it depends where you stay, but if you're in some place like Las Vegas, they have big swimming pools up on top of the roof other hotels i've operated from the roof of vegas hotel and uh you know talked all around the country just on five watts uh just using a a simple you know telescopic type antenna there's the mfj 1979 is the um is the telescopic one that folds up about 16 inches um 15 16 inches when it's all the way collapsed but that thing will go out to 16 and a half feet and um, I've used I've used that thing before, like I say, on, on the rooftop of a of a hotel, just with five watts and, and a tuner, and um, you're just amazed at the contacts you can make. Wow, wow, that's uh, that, that when I when I'm listening to you talk, it, it kind of puts me in the mindset, and, and this could be another topic for another another day. But a lot of folks who live in apartments and maybe don't have access to a, a patio or something. These types of things would be great gear for someone like that who's looking to operate. They may they may not be able to sit in their den and and eat popcorn. They may have to go out in the the central part of the the foyer there or something. But there there are options that can be used for traveling. But even in addition to traveling, these are some great tips for folks who have maybe not the thirty three acres like I do, then can just go sit in the barn when they want to talk on the radio. Yeah, that's right. A stealth antenna uh, or or whatever I've used. Uh, I've used fishing poles the uh, again you know telescopic type fishing poles they have uh, crappie poles or i don't know some of these poles are i have one i've got off of ebay for for 19.99 it's it's a 20 foot fiberglass fishing pole wow. and um the thing is it, now that's something you can't necessarily bring on an airplane with you because yeah. it's when it's folded up it's still you know i don't know five six foot tall but uh that thing is it's 20 20 feet it'll go right out to just on just on her hair under 20 feet and you put a uh just again a really low uh, just a thin gauge wire on there and hoist it up and i've used that uh particularly when i've traveled either in my own car if i knew i had a rental car with me that's something you could throw in the trunk of the car if i'm i live out in utah so there's plenty of mountains around and um you know if i'm if i'm driving somewhere i want to take a break and there's a rest stop with a nice scenic view you can pull over Throw that, extend that fishing pole with your wire on it, hook into your antenna tuner, five watts, you're talking all over the country. 
Wow. Now, when you're operating with your 857 in a rental car, like we've talked about, uh, you're not using a cigarette lighter, I'd imagine. How are you operating uh, to get to the full power from that rig? Yeah, best thing to do on that is to is to get yourself some 12-gauge wire. I think that's the, the best I found. If you go... If you go heavier than that, it, it obviously gives you good power, but it gets bulky to carry you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be on an airplane or something. So the 12-gauge wire is a good trade-off. Um, I have about 16 foot of that, 15, 16 foot of that with alligator clips, the big heavy-duty alligator clips on the other end. I'll just pop the hood on a rental car. I, I don't know what statute of limitations <laughs> there are on <laughs> rental cars, Kale. So I'll just say, theoretically, yeah. if you had a rental car, you may not want to try this because I don't know if it would violate your contract, your rental contract. But theoretically, you could pop the hood on a rental car and, and just take your alligator clips, hook that 12-gauge wire right up to the battery, run that in through the window. I'll, I'll bring it right out, you know, real tight up against the, up against the car, come right in the passenger window, uh, roll the window up on it so it's tight and held in place, um, and uh, that's in the car with you. And so you you theoretically could I usually don't operate mobile I'm not I'm not a mobile big mobile operator user so I mean you could operate this while you're driving if you wanted to that way with a rental car uh, just to get the power in the car for you uh, but mostly I use it to be portable so I like to I just use the car as a battery it's just my battery source that way I can I can use a full hundred watts uh, but again if you're bringing at least sixteen foot or more of wire that gives you some leeway as to where you can park the car and maybe get up nice close to a guardrail or some kind of a fence where you can use that as a ground or a counter poise for your antenna system so i like having at least 16 feet of wire um but you can do that with a rental car other things i've used if i do want to put the antenna directly on the car for example if i do have that you know that 16 and a half foot uh mfj uh, telescopic antenna that's that's something that needs needs held you know structurally it needs held down pretty good because that thing can get a lot of torque on it so you can use something like a um it's a diamond K400 I have, which is um, just a mount. It's a it's a car mount for an antenna, and you can you can bolt that right into a to a rental car. Again, check your contract. It may may not be legal in all states, uh, but uh, wh- what I've done with that too, so as I don't mess up the paint on even even my own car, you can put down a piece of tape. And this and this is one of these things that the purists are going to hate me. Anybody that operates mobile is going to say, "Don't do that," but. This isn't a normal mobile operation. This is just something you're doing for 30 minutes or a couple hours just to have some fun. You know, put down a piece of tape over over the paint on your trunk or wherever you're going to put this this uh, mount, and you can you can just put that K K400 diamond right over the tape. Just hand tighten it down with the uh, the Allen wrench bolts there. Hand tighten down. It's structurally now strong enough to hold on onto the the vehicle so that the antenna doesn't fall, put on the antenna, extend the antenna, and then use a ground wire as, as a counterpoise rather than using the body of the car. So that way you're not scuffing up the paint or chipping the paint or damaging the car in any way. And you've got yourself, you know, a 16 and a half foot antenna and you're, you're in the middle of a parking lot or a field or on the, you know, on the top of a mountain somewhere. It's, it's, uh, and in that case you have a rental car, so you're using a hundred Watts, you can talk. You can talk DX with that on on twenty meters. One, one of the limitations I found with traveling is, most of the time you're in the evenings. So you know, because I guess it depends what you do for work. But you you would usually probably find the evenings is time off, and that a lot of the times just puts you into forty meters. 
uh, with the small antennas I'm talking about, you're probably not going to be able to do anything on 80 meters or anything. So you're probably limited to 40 meters or, or 20 meters when it's open. And so that's a little bit of a limitation. That's why you're better to have 100 watts. Uh, but if you can catch the gray line, particularly in the summer when it stays you know, stays light a long time into the evening, you can catch 20 meters on the gray line and you can talk, again, all around the country uh, easily on 5 watts with, with phone. And if you have 100 watts, you could talk DX all around the world on that gray line on 20 meters. Wow. Let me ask you, uh, in addition to things like duct tape and, of course, the roll of black electrical tape, maybe some bungee cords, you know, just small stuff that we would think about before we left home. Do you ever do any digital work or, or do you keep an interface with you for, or, or is that even anything that you're interested in? Not, not something I do. And okay. again, that's what I love about this hobby because it opens up a whole other aspect and it makes things I'm talking about even, I think, easier a lot of ways because like, you know, you're, you don't need the same power that you would need if you're, if you're doing, uh, if you're doing voice communications. So I got a phone ringing in the background, and I can't turn that one off, so you might, right. might get some noise in the background here for a minute. Um, so, yeah, I'm not into that, but that's actually what's driving me to go and learn Morse code and CW. You know, I've, I've always wanted to learn how to do it anyways, but I really like the fact that you can uh, you can talk. It's so much more efficient from a power standpoint. You know, you can talk and make contact so much better you know, with a couple watts and CW. So that's why I'm really trying to get into that. Um, I will say, though, kind of from an obscure thing, the best tool that I've ever brought with me and the thing I've found to be most useful is it's a vice grip that has a um, a female 239 connector on it. Have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can change the direction. It's got like an L bracket welded to yeah, the bike. Yeah, exactly. I've got one of those yeah, hanging can, on the wall over here. Those are one of the most useful things if you're just operating you know, portable somewhere, because you can take that, you can, and again, literally, this is one of those things where you will make friends with security guards and police officers, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you take that vice grip and you clip it onto a fence, a guardrail, uh, the railing around, you know, the rooftop of a, a hotel that may give you access to it, or a balcony, if you have a hotel with a balcony, mm -hmm. you can just vice grip that thing on, and now you have a very sturdy mount that you can either just put a wire into it. You can put a telescopic antenna on it. You can put the um, the um, you know super antenna type of of um, manual screwdriver coil on it. it it's just a, that's a great little very functional base thing to operate from. And then it is a vice grip, so you can use it to torque things down or all the things you'd use for a vice grip as well. So that's the that's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of of um, I would say portable business travel operating with your ham radio Fantastic. and it's a pair of pliers too so if you need a pair of pliers you got a pair of pliers. absolutely it's a great thing and, and those things are they're obviously in the internet i've seen them at truck stops i think the first time i got one i just happened to be at a truck stop and pick one up for 10 bucks or something yeah, yeah. we'll be back with john in just a couple of minutes it's november 7 papa uniform golf and kill here on the photon podcast there's there's no no denying that kills a, a kenwood guy we, every almost every piece of gear I've got around here is Kenwood, and there's a reason why. It's a great product, great manufacturing processes that lead to an experience in amateur radio that you're not going to find with a toss away Amazon purchase. Recently, I've been using my TMV71 Alpha, which is a mobile dual band cross band repeat radio, mounted in the van, along with my brand new Kenwood THK20 single band handy talkie. 
to access our local 440 machine. And these handy talkies along with this TMV71A mobile radio are working like a champ together. The build quality's there. It's, it's, it's not even comparable when you take a $35 handy talkie in one hand and a Kenwood in the other. You, you can't compare the two. So if you're looking for some good solid gear, visit our friends at mtcradio.com. The entire line of Kenwood is there along with their repacks. So make sure you check out mtcradio.com for all your Kenwood needs today. All right, the next round of giveaways from Jeremy. We've got a couple of Arduinos and, of course, the the big grand prize Raspberry Pi 2. All right, uh, Arduino number one is going to go to Preston McLean, Kilo Delta 9, Bravo X-Ray Kilo. He's a fairly brand new ham. Congratulations, these new hams. Uh, he's wanting to build an antenna analyzer. He's got a lot of coax, he says, to put up and uh, get his get his shack complete. So congratulations to Preston. Number two, Arduino number two goes to Alpha Lima 7 uniform, Andrew Rosenberger. And uh, I love this. Here's what Andrew says. For the microcontrollers, I build some type of uh, telemetry gathering reporting system. It's kind of what I'm thinking. And um, it's not really clear yet, but maybe some sort of water ingress sensor for my basement or a freezing alarm for my garage. Now, I do know that Andrew lives in Alaska, so that's probably why he's needing to uh, needing to build him a freezing alarm for his garage. Of course, if you live in the Northeast, I guess it would kind of apply to you as well. So congratulations, Andrew. Alpha Lima 7 uniform. And finally, the grand prize Raspberry Pi giveaway goes to Aaron Kuhn. Congratulations, Aaron. Kilo Charlie 3, Delta Golf Alpha. Aaron wrote in. If you had a Raspberry Pi, he'd love to try to get the BBS software Synchronet set up on it and configure Alpha X-Ray Dot 25 access via Direwolf or some other soft modem for a packet radio BBS. And Jeremy commented here that this was his most unique application from all the Pi applications or the Pi requests for the giveaway. So congratulations to everyone. Many thanks to George and Jeremy. You can find Jeremy on YouTube slash KF7IJZ. So we'll get back to the show, but just want to say again, congratulations to the winners. And thanks again to George and Jeremy for not only creating a fantastic show, but for the giveaways to follow as well. A few years back, the local club K4 India India was needing a new 220 machine. And I said, hey, I've seen this ad in QST magazine. We should maybe check out bridgecomsystems.com. Well, we did. We bought a new repeater, and it works flawlessly. So if you're looking to upgrade your club's 220 machine, maybe you need a handy talkie to access your club's 220 machine, or even a base mobile, that's coming soon. And you can find out all the details at the new show sponsor, bridgecomsystems.com. Back with John, November 7, Papa Uniform Golf. I'm Kale, and you're listening to the Other Ham Radio Podcast, Time. John, right before we went to the last break, you were talking about making friends with security guards and operating here and operating there. Um, of course, not everybody has the personality that walks up to someone, sticks their hand out, and says, Hey, I'm Kale. I'm an amateur radio operator. I want to, I'd like to, uh, to, to gain access to the roof, or I'm going to go out here in the parking lot if you don't care. Uh, a lot of us don't have that sort of uh, attitude, I guess, towards other people. We Some of us may feel entitled, or since we're licensed, we can do what we want. But there are a lot of us that uh, try to be very, I don't, I hate to say uh, that word, but we try to get along with folks as best we can. So 
uh, when we're going to these places, how do you approach a security guard or uh, a police officer for a park that you're, un- you know, you're not from there, you're not from around sure. here kind of a thing? How do you how do you handle that situation? Sure. And I don't push the envelope in terms of legal issues or anything like that, and never in terms of safety. So obviously, if it's a not a safe place, you're not going to operate. You don't want to be having your antennas around electrical wires or anything that you're going to, you know, get electrocuted on. Um, but short of, you know, short of those kind of things, I've been really open and, and have been lucky, I guess, that, that no one's really ever cared where I operate. Um, I, I go to places that are always public access. So I'm, I'm not just, you know, trying to go out on a fire escape and get up on the roof or something. Uh, you know, there are just places that for whatever reason, it's public access to the roof. There's a swimming pool up there. There's a tennis court, there's an observation deck, something like that. So they, so, you know, number one, they'd let you up there. And then number two, I, I generally start out very clandestine and fairly obscure. Uh, you know, obviously if it's a Saturday afternoon and I'm on a rooftop hotel with a swimming pool and there's all kinds of little kids out swimming and stuff, I'm not going to pull out my 16 foot antenna. But if it's, you know, Wednesday night at nine 30 and no one's there and, um, there's uh there's uh you know some lawn furniture and the 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 uh, the, the big heavy heavy duty uh furniture you know uh, uh, cast cast aluminum or cast iron furniture mm-hmm. and uh and uh umbrella umbrella you know big big umbrella things and all that i mean there's there's places you, where you can just go sit and make yourself not obvious it's later in the evening you you start but you know you pull out your little qrp rig and um and maybe just use that super antenna with just a small telescopic, you know, uh, three foot, foot and a half antenna. Start with that. See if you hear anything. Check the noise level. You know, just check the overall operating conditions and um, and then take it from there. It, maybe you feel more comfortable and you can you can drop a wire out. I've, I've, uh, I've done things where if I had a, a balcony on my hotel or if I was at some place, uh, again, where it was safe, where I was on the edge of a building or an overpass, a bridge, something like that. I mean, you see people, you know, fishing off of bridges or you know, where they have walkways along bridges. There's places that you can go that can be high up where, again, the purest among us would say, you can't do that. You, you know, you're, it's not going to work. Well, try it, right? You take your, those, those vice grips that have the antenna mount on them, clamp it onto the, the railing or whatever at the, the bridge or the overpass you're at, even if you're not putting up a telescopic antenna, you can just throw a um, an end-fed, you know, random wire. Just just drop it off the bridge and let it dangle down, and uh, you know, ten, fifteen feet. See if you hear anything. And if you hear something, try and make a QSO. If you can, if you can get a low QSR on a piece of, if you can get a, a low SWR on a piece of wire, and you can hear other people talking in a ham radio band chances are, you know, better than 50-50 that they're going to hear you. It's just, that's just been my experience. And, you know, again, you're not going to break through pileups. You're not going to do any of those kind of things. But um, all these things are available. And getting back to what you talked about with people with, with, that maybe are in an apartment, you know, there are a lot of things that won't work. And you can say, well, well, my apartment, it faces north or it faces west or whatever. And, and I'm, you know, it's, it's obstructed and and I'm not going to be able to get, uh, a good signal out with my antenna. Well, try it. And if, if you're only going north, well, that's okay. You know, again, if you have 100 watts, if you can be heading north, and it depends on what part of the country you are, but you're going to go right up over the poles. You're going to go up into Russia. 
You're going to make contacts in Ukraine. You know, the, the great part about this hobby is it's, it's learning how to overcome obstacles and limitations and the magic of radio. You know, you're just turning. You're, you never know what's going to happen. You turn on your radio and you may hear somebody calling CQ from Russia. You give it a shot and see if you can hear them. They don't care if you're operating with a 15-foot wire, you know, off the balcony of your apartment. Yeah, they're just excited to chat with you like you'll be excited to chat with them. Absolutely. And, and, and again, the, the magic of radio is is that you never know what's going to happen when you turn on that radio. And when you take something like this on a business trip or when you're traveling, to me, it makes it even more fun because you're, you're dealing with different types of limitations. Okay, hey, the, today the hotel I'm in, it faces, it faces east and you know, you're in uh, Kansas. So, hey, you're probably going to be able to talk to people in New York State or something. Um, just you know, work with those limitations and also use what's around you. I've uh, I've you know looked for buildings that have metal roofs. A lot of times you'll find small stadiums or um, um, just just different things that maybe have a metal roof where again you can maybe have access to it. And it's not like you're getting up on that. You're not going to be able to get up on that, but you can use that to reflect your signal. Um, so uh, you know some of these are very architecturally sophisticated, where they have a you know a big angle on them, or they're very decorative. Mm-hmm. Just set your antenna up in front of that. Ground, ground your yourself on on some kind of a beam that's that's attached to that building or that part of the um, the metal roof, and you know, again turn on the radio, see what you hear, adjust for low t- uh, low uh, low noise, and uh, and um, your SWR and and call CQ or usually what I do in those situations, particularly if I'm running five watts, I don't call CQ. I'll try and find somebody else and then. You know, break in and get a contact with them. I, it's um, I, th- I think you you just improve your odds that way. You find so it's like fishing. You know, you see the fish jumping in the water. That's where you go fishing. So you you tune around the dial, find some some people calling CQ or find some conversations. Jump in there, tell them your QRP. Every everybody wants to talk to someone on low power because they admire you know they admire the fact that you're trying to to do something like that. Right, right, yeah, and you'll hear even in contests they'll always go to the QRP folks first, which is which is awesome and very appreciated, I'm sure, for folks who who are running low power. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of people would be a lot of people listening. Uh, you've talked about verticals a lot. You've talked about a, a random in, in fed wire. Do you ever run any sort of dipole? Uh, what do they call the the little laundry laundry? Um, yo-yo type antennas that folks can take camping and, and backpacking. Have you ever anything like that or, or are you more of a vertical infed kind of guy? I started out with the dipoles because I thought that was just the best way to do it. But, um, you know, as I've done it over the years, I really have become a fan of infed verticals, you know, whether they be telescopic things or, or just a piece of random wire. And I don't know if it's, if it, again, technically, I don't know. Is, is it the low takeoff angle that you can get to, good DX from. Um, they're, they're definitely not efficient. They're not as probably a, as efficient as, as uh, you're going to get on a dipole. But when I'm doing this portable operation, again, it's something I'm out for 30 minutes to two hours. Uh, I don't have time to really fool with getting an antenna way up high probably. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of the vertical or an N, an NFED. And they, uh, they have limitations, but they work. If, and if, if that's what you have to use, if that's what you have, then then, then use that and just find ways to, uh, you know, again use a good ground system, use a, the building you're against, use. Uh, I, I've I've played with again out here in the out here in the Rocky Mountains, 
of either operating on top of mountains, obviously, is very effective. But even if you're uh, in a valley, you can sometimes use the structure of the earth to, uh, you know, it's just like a pipeline. You'll, you'll, you'll set up somewhere and you'll think you're, ne- you're never going to make any contacts. And just the way the valley's featured and you have this, you know, 12,000-foot uh, mountain that's, you know, a few miles behind you, for whatever reason, that just reflects your signal. And you'll find that maybe you have, you know, you, I found Utah for some reason where, where I'm out here um, on, on QRP. I can generally make contacts between like Washington, Oregon. This is on 20 meters. Uh, so it would be to my northwest in Washington or Oregon or down into Texas and Florida, which mm-hmm. would be my southeast. And I, again, I don't know if it's you know, I, I haven't stu- Cal, I haven't studied enough of the physics of it to know whether it's the atmospheric conditions or, you know, all the all the ducting and things they talk about, or if it's just the structure of the the way the mountains are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I've noticed again, depends on which part of the valley you're in as to how your signal's getting reflected. But um, that that's a really good pipeline for me out here in the Rocky Mountains. Let me ask you, uh, kind of going back to the very top of our conversation here. Um, what type of coax cable do you take with you? I, I don't know how we missed that, but I guess it was just automatically assumed. But I'm, I'm sure people are interested to know what type of coaxial cable you take with you for operation. Oh, good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I don't take any. That's why we didn't mention it. Other hmm. than the only thing I have is the little um, six-inch to three-foot connector that I would use to take my radio into into the um, – Antenna tuner, or um, you so know, just, something just like that. Just a jumper. Just a jumper. I'm right. taking if I, if I'm if I'm going to use that K400 diamond antenna connector as a base, or something like that, or mm-hmm. or, or the um, the um, 902 traveling antenna tuner, then I'll have some kind of a connector, and I'll use anything there from literally you know six inches to three feet. I guess maybe I've taken a six-footer from time to time. But, um, and that's, I think that's part of the operation on this, too. Remember, I'm not operating, even in a, in a car, I'm not operating um, mobile where I have the antenna on the outside of the car and i got to bring the wire in. I'm probably, you know, if, if I've got this thing hooked up to my, the, the lid of my trunk or something, the antenna, I'm standing right there and I'm using the, the car as my desk, you know, my radio yeah. sitting up on the trunk, and I'm operating, so I'm only... Six to six inches to three feet away from me and the antenna, and um, and I think that has a lot to do with the efficiency of it all too. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, absolutely. If you're that close, there's no loss at all, is there? Right. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, it was kind of funny you touched on a few moments ago about tuning things that weren't necessarily antennas, and and we've heard about the uh, I believe it's the uh, SGC uh, antenna match that will tune a uh, an old. 50s aluminum lawn chair or even your gutters on your house we've heard people say um and you've you've tried that you've had some success with tuning things that weren't necessarily an antenna hit on that just for a second because uh i think that that deserves to be mentioned again sure and again just using something like that little um 902 travel uh tuner from mfj or using the um the coil from the super antenna um, that's, I found that that's enough to, to tune just about anything I've tried to tune. And for the things that it doesn't, I just don't worry about it. So well, it didn't work. Well, I don't, I don't worry about that, but, uh, just again, random wires, um, guy wires. If you see that, you know, if you're someplace, and again, this is something electrically, you don't want to do this if it's on a power pole or something, we're going to get electrocuted. But if there's a guy wire that's just holding something up, if there's a big architectural, 
structure or something or a piece of sculpture or you know something coming off of a building that's a big uh, braided wire uh, guy wire i've I've just tapped into those i've literally gone from from my radio with that um, you know six inches of of coax into the antenna tuner and then from that uh alligator clipped right onto something like that guy wire and tuned it and again what i'm looking for is i'm looking to get low noise so i don't have any any you know man-made noise or buzzes or anything if i don't have that then i tune around the band and i hear see if i can hear anybody um and uh at the same time, I'm, I'm using my antenna tuner and the SWR meter that's built into the radio to get a low, WS, uh, low SWR. And, you know, you'd be surprised what you can hear. And again, generally, if you can hear them, 50% of the time you can make a contact. So I, I've used those guy wires. I've used um, um, just any type of metal structure that's, that's up off the ground. I, I've tried to tap into. I mentioned like the... Um, um, the metal roofs. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, yeah. We could use like a pavilion or, or uh, even a backstop at a, a little league baseball field. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Any, any of that stuff. And even, even if it's grounded, you know, if you have a pole, uh, I've used, uh, I was trying to think of the name, a, a light, just a regular mm-hmm. old light pole, a, a aluminum light pole or a flat, a flagpole. Mm-hmm. Flagpoles are great. Um, that's where you'll meet the police and the security <laughs> guards too. If you're outside of a school or a park or something, there's a, you know, it's in the evening and there's a flagpole there. You can tell, and again, this is something that, you know, maybe it doesn't work all the time and maybe it isn't the most efficient way to do it. But if you have a little bit of time on your hands and you have your radio, give it a try and see if it works. Just uh, wrap some wire around the base of something like a flagpole Use an alligator clip to run that into your little antenna tuner. Go right into your rig and tune for, for low SWR. Scan the band, see if you hear somebody. Try and make a cue so. You'll, you'll be surprised. And like we said, more than likely, it's a lot safer than hanging around the bar with the stale peanuts and popcorn and, and very expensive beer. Yep. This is the one, one time that the police come up to you and you're happy to show them everything you have. You know, it's like, <laughs> what are you, what, sir, what are you doing there? Hey, I'm ham radio operator. You ever see this? You know, and they come up and you can talk about it. And, and again, it's a lot of fun. Those guys are, and they'll usually say, they'll either say, hey, maybe you don't want to be doing that. Or they'll say, hey, you know, cool. Don't, yeah. Just stay as long as you want. Be a clean up when you leave. <laughs> well, we've got a friend, uh, a friend of our, a friend of the show here who uh, likes to do what he calls guerrilla operations. And he'll take his, uh, I think it's a PRC-320 man pack, uh, military rig, and he'll uh, he'll head off to the local Walmart parking lots in the evenings and toss a wire over one of the lamp poles out there and set up off the back at the tailgate of his pickup truck. And sometimes he wears his flak vest and helmet, and sometimes he doesn't. But... Um, Either way, he has a lot of fun and, and, and usually draws a crowd. So uh, won't mention, won't call him out here on the program. But I've seen pictures and it's pretty hilarious with the uh, with the old Vietnam style gear in the middle you of know, the Walmart I, parking lot. I love guys that do that, and I do that kind of thing too. Maybe not that extreme, but I definitely do that. I've I've seen a lot of uh, parking lots where they have, um, or even where, where I live, some of the some of the towns have their light their light posts have little. Um, pegs that come off of them where they put announcements or flags for holidays or different things and you can throw a wire up over that um i guess we didn't mention it but you know you can always throw in some some um 
nylon rope or something in, into your kit, just an, enough to get you up off the ground. But you, you throw some a, a rope up over that, pull your wire up on it, and again, you're you're in business. Uh, you can get your you can get your antenna up. 20, 30 feet that way. Uh, again, is you going to have interaction with the metal pole and everything? Sure, but just try it. See if it works. Uh, here's 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 my philosophy on this too. When I'm out of town, nobody knows me. My neighbors aren't around. They, uh, I'm never going to see these people again. So <laughs> if I look like a nerd or a geek, hey, I'm just I'm just having fun. Yeah, and your wife's not there to tell you that you're doing it the wrong way anyway. So I'm, you're I'm, safe. I'm not I'm not there to embarrass my kids. Yeah, that's the biggest. Go. That's there the biggest go. thing. John, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, anything before we go that you will, you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, any encouragement? Uh, again, please remind us of your web address for your podcast, Wealth Steading, and um, I'll, I'll let you have the last word here. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, as far as my podcast, Wealth, it's called the Wealth Steading Podcast. It's in iTunes and all the normal places. If you just uh, Google Wealth Steading Podcast, you'll find me. It's at wealthsteading.com is the website. Um, so yeah, t- people like to check that out. I'd appreciate it. In terms of just as far as the hobby goes, uh, you know, I'd, I'd reach out just to the the people that maybe are thinking about getting into it, but they haven't done it yet, or you know, they they maybe they bought the small uh, handy talkie or uh, you know things like that. They they just still afraid to take those next steps. Don't worry about it. Just jump in with it. Go get yourself a small, you know, QRP radio or. Um, uh, even some inexpensive used equipment. Get something that does high frequency. Get your, uh, you know, your general class or extra. W- once I got my my general, I, uh, you know, I initially took my technician's test and um, fooled around a little bit. Once I got the general, though, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get the extra. I get, you know, I get a little more privileges that way. Don't be afraid to do this stuff. Go out, do it. Get your general. Get your extra. Get on high frequency and just go out and have fun with it. Don't uh, don't let all the theory and things worry you throw up an antenna tune a piece of wire just call cq and see who who calls back it's a lot of fun this hobby will take you in all kinds of different directions just from meeting people and making new friends to you know career opportunities it's uh it's a it's a great and thriving hobby and I'm, i'm happy to be part of it i appreciate guys like you that have podcasts that that encourage the hobby well, thank you, John. It's John Pugliano. We appreciate you being here with us. His call again is November 7, Papa Uniform Golf. We'll have in the show notes all that we talked about, and you can find those online at photimepodcast.com. So there you go. That's going to wrap number 44. It is the Photime Podcast. Kale here. Been hanging out with John Pugliano. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Wealth Steading. We'll have the links all over the show notes at photimepodcast.com. Sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for the overwhelming response to the giveaways sponsored by George and Jeremy. Thanks to those two guys for providing that for you, our listener. Hope you guys remember to say thanks and encourage them to come back here and hang out with us some more. Still have a lot of cool things going to be happening over the next couple of months with the Photime Podcast, so we're excited about that. And as always, we just love hearing from you. If you like the show, we'll take a comment. We'll take a review. You can do that uh, where you listen, or you can do it on the website. We have a comment section there. You can just click the link, and it'll open right up. Of course, we always love hearing from you, especially your voice. And there's a speak pipe there. So either here's what I'm trying to say. We like hearing from you. We like your comments. We like the interaction. So find us online, photownpodcast.com, any of our social media links. We like connecting with you, being a part of your amateur radio hobby. And, of course, we appreciate the opportunity to share the hobby with you. 
We'll be back next time. Got some really cool shows coming up, by the way. Don't want to sneak anything too big, but if you've been following us on Twitter, you may have an idea. God bless you guys. We'll catch you next time. 73, y'all. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to Photime, the other ham radio podcast, presented by mtcradio.com. To subscribe, comment, share, or review, visit our show site at photimepodcast.com. Till next time, 73, y'all.